Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 818, time for counterpoint. Tonight we bring in Peter Sherman, former PC cabinet minister, government relations expert, author. Your title is too long, but it's a Oh, it's a big title. (laughs) But I'm not sure I was a cabinet minister because we were not elected when I was there. I thought, what what did you do with that government? Never mind. I made that up. Government? You mean opposition? Opposition. Yes, sorry, Uh, Peter. I had you in a different position altogether. Uh, And Jeremy Richler, Toronto Area Employment and Corporate Lawyer. Good to have you. Good to be here. Let's start on the story that I just uh, did a segment on, and it has to do with immigration. And Justin Trudeau was adamant in saying a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. And of course, it was a rebuttal to Stephen Harper, who is stripping terrorists of their citizenship. And now we have a case involving an alleged war criminal from Bosnia who got into this country 30 years out, and all of a sudden now we are kicking him out. Peter, let me start with you on whether or not this is, you know, it was just kind of foolhardy of of Justin Trudeau to say this, or in fact, are we selective with our Canadian, Canadian, Canadians, because we are letting an awful lot of ISIS fighters back into the country. Well, I'm not sure exactly what Justin Trudeau wants to do with regard to uh, citizenship, particularly naturalized citizenship. He has at various times said things that, and I don't want to quote him, so I'll paraphrase him in my understanding, that a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian, which means even if you're naturalized uh, and you go and you join ISIS, if you want to come back, you still get the rights and privileges of going uh, forward with your Canadian citizenship. And I have taken the position at various times on air and off that I don't believe in this nonsense. If you come here and you become a citizen and with all of the rights and privileges that go with being a citizen, that you swear allegiance to Canada, that you remain true to Canada, and if you decide that you're not going to be true to Canada, out you go. Yeah, and look, I don't want it to come off like I feel sorry for the Bosnian uh, war criminal. I don't. Like, you know, I'm okay with him being turfed out of the country because, you know, I do look at it as being an honor to be Canadian. What bothers me, uh, Jeremy, is the fact that, you know, we've let in all these people who went over to fight in ISIS. We have no idea who these people are. We have absolutely no idea if there's any penalties, charges, whatever. They're just wandering around doing their thing. And I think thought that we were supposed to be fair to all these people. Well, the issue here is that, and and one thing that's being overlooked, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, that there are perhaps uh, on the surface some inconsistencies, is the reason that they're pushing forward with uh, the removal of of, uh, this person is because he lied. He tried to enter Canada on false premises. And if you look at the statute, trying to enter a country and lying about your activities or your reason for being here are grounds to have somebody removed. In fact, until recently, there weren't even grounds to an appeal, but the most recent Senate bill has has changed that. The issue with uh, respect to the election was, and what the Prime Minister was arguing, is that we shouldn't make the distinction based on someone's place of origin. We should be treating people severely for the crimes that they commit. And I understand the arguments that Peter is making, but the idea is that we should be Penal, we should be applying the law in such a way that doesn't distinguish between where people are born, because then you have two classes of citizens. And I think what the government was trying to say is that the decision should be based on the actions of the person. The law should be applied that way. We shouldn't be saying that, you know, we got one class of citizens that are natural born in Canada and another class of citizens that either were born elsewhere and, and that all Canadians should be treated the same procedurally. Right. But Peter, I mean, look, we have a number of, of people that fled the country to go fight with ISIS. So under that premise, they likely lie lied about what they were doing and likely lied to get back in. And we don't even know who they are, if they are Canadians or if they came here to this country at a a later date. 
Well, we don't, and that becomes one of the problems that we have to deal with. Uh, I hear Jeremy's argument, and you know what? If this were a college debate, I could take either side of this. <laughs> but I'm, I'm one of these guys. I'm a stick in the mud. Uh, I, I first of all disagree, and I'm, I know I'm taking this a little bit off tangentially off the topic. I don't believe in dual citizenship to start with. I don't believe in people holding citizenship or passports from two countries. So if you start there, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. And you don't have to go too far to come to the point that, that I'm trying to make, which is if you want to diss the country that has adopted you, then the country that has adopted you has the right to turf you. And uh, and so in the case of this man, and he hasn't had due process, so I'm not going to be the guy who We've pronounces had th- 30 and says years. he has to go, but apparently the uh, the folks at citizenship have. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't understand. My big question is, why is it taking 30 years? Well, yeah, I mean, well, I think when I, and I was uh, listening briefly to uh, your previous guest, uh, the, pr- the procedural take a long time. Justice moves very, very slowly, often at an anemic pace. And I think that's what frustrates uh, ordinary people about our justice system. And also, um, uh, it's very difficult to deport people, extremely difficult. Lawyers can rely on technical arguments. And that's what we do as lawyers to try to stand up for our clients' best interests. What I would say with respect to the argument you're making with ISIS, I absolutely agree that Anyone that's a Canadian citizen that goes overseas to commit, which which is a clear act of treason, uh, you know, the worst type of war crime should be treated with the bluntest force of the law. But that being said, even to people that are as detestable as Canadian citizens to go to fight with ISIS, there has to be a form of procedural fairness. That doesn't mean they get to stay here. I, like I said, I believe that we have to, but to still we have to apply the laws that exist. We can't resort to vigilantism. I'm not saying that's what, what anyone here is suggesting, but I think we have to be very careful, especially when we're dealing with the sorts of people that threaten our values. Let's talk blue bins, shall we, gentlemen? Um, the city of Toronto has decided that uh, the blue bin cops are coming for you. So residents are being warned that soon someone could be going through your blue bin to see if you're actually showing out the right stuff. So I am absolutely screwed on this thing because uh, <laughs> I don't watch what I throw out. Yes, I'm admitting it. City <laughs> says it's too expensive sorting through the stuff and costing millions. So now they're snooping to see if you're following all the complicated rules. Here is what the general management of solid waste said. Take a listen. And in some cases, probably some intentional and some completely unintentional. We, you know, There's a lot of residents who really want to do the right thing. They try to do the right thing. And uh, materials are getting harder and harder to identify what is recyclable or not. And so there's some confusion, uh, which is why we're putting a number of different tools in place and trying to educate people to understand what is recyclable and what isn't. And I think we have some residents out there, to be honest, who just couldn't care. And we're trying to, to take a proactive step to deal with them as well. Peter, part of my issue with this and part of the reason I'm, I'm a lousy recycler is because it is too confusing and I don't have all day while running house full-time job chasing a four-year-old and doing all the other things I do to then make sure that the black plastic is not in with the clear plastic, which isn't in with the white plastic, which isn't in with the food plastic. Like we're, This to me is just a make-work project that is going to cost us more money. Well, you're overstating the case a little bit, uh, Alex. You don't have to separate the colored plastics. and you don't have You're not to allowed to put black up. plastic in, apparently. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but I've put all the I plastic the in my blue bin. Yeah, you're not. You're apparently you're not allowed to put black plastic that your food, your takeout food, comes in, but you can put in clear plastic. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm a pretty good recycler, and I have the three bins, you know, the the green bin and the gray bin for the papers, and I put the plastic and the glass in the blue bin. But a lot of people apparently don't. So how do I get one of these jobs where you sift through <laughs> blue bins and? 
You didn't get to be the garbage picker. Oh, I'd be brutal. I'd be ripping everything out, Jeremy. Well, you know what? I mean, listen, as somebody that comes from Quebec, I could say I prefer oh, the Lubin police over the language police. So, Just kidding. I mean, I, I, think to, I think this is what governments do. I mean... The recycling people, I, I pay a lot of attention to what I recycle. I'm sure that I don't do it properly. And there's still a lot of people that don't even recycle. I recently worked at a place that didn't recycle. And I just think in 2017, that's not acceptable. The initial uh, effort, I think, is going to be to educate people so that these mistakes aren't made. But I think, you know, we talked last week about uh, this, the sordid state of our um, province's finances. And to see if we're going to talk about waste and cutting down on waste, I think this is a way to do it. I mean, I think this is what the government does. Now, that being said, I don't want to be facing serious fines because I put the fork in the wrong... You know, when I go to, to food courts, often like, you know, you see one for the food and one for the... I know people can make mistakes and I wouldn't want to be chastised to the nth degree for an honest mistake, but I think this is something that we we all got to do our part uh, for the planet. And and I mean, the thing is that governments and government public servants are there to enforce the public good, and I think uh, good for them. I mean, I, I okay, hope well, this hold on. Is this, abuse, all, is this but, stuff going to be left all over the sidewalk for us to like look through what we did wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's more people are going to be upset about the fact that they might be attracting fines, but I think there's going to be a lot of education till then. Look, right, citizenship but- does entail certain, uh, you know, like I don't think it's such a huge ask to, you know, be careful with recycling. But you well, know, this, this- Jeremy, because uh, yeah. he comes from Montreal, <laughs> which fork he eats his soup with. Uh, and you have to teach me the same thing because I come from Montreal. Well, that, <laughs> this explains a lot, gentlemen. Who all right? knew? <laughs> all right, we'll wrap it up there. Stay with us, guys. We will come back because when we come back, we're going to dive into uh, the municipalities. Yeah, Kathleen Wynn telling them they can start taking their costs for legalized pot. We'll talk about that coming up. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point. You're listening to Global News Radio. Now, back to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Okay, we are talking counterpoint here. Peter Sherman joining us and Jeremy Richler. I will start with uh, you on this, Jeremy. Kathleen Wynne saying municipalities can actually start taking or talking with Ontario uh, over the costs associated with legalized pot. And this announcement coming on the news from the feds that the provinces will keep more of the revenue brought in from pot. And the feds can feds say the province can keep up to 75% of the sales. One of the big issues, Jeremy, that we're, we're learning, a lot of municipalities, cities, um, you know, Bonnie Crombie has, has spoken out about this. Uh, the mayor of Richmond Hill has said about this. They are not ready for this, and they want it to be delayed because the costs for municipalities are simply going to be too high. So does this fix it? Well, I, I don't know if it fixes it in one fell swoop, but I think the federal government, they said that the 50-50 arrangement, which the province has said was a non-starter, was flexible. And they have, I think, you know, made a reasonable accommodation to bring it up to 75%. I know there have been a lot of concerns, but I think, you know, the things with deadlines is they are always sooner than we want them to be. Um, and I think the government is working very hard on this on all levels. I agree that this does not end the issues with the municipalities, but our um, constitution is structured in such a way where municipalities are the creatures of the provinces. And although there are arguments often made by parties more on the left that maybe that ought to be changed so that the federal government has at least more control over what goes on in municipalities, right now that's the way it is. And I think this moves things in the right direction. Peter? Well, it moves things in the right direction I can't argue with in terms of shared revenue. I think that there are so many difficulties between now and July 1st to get over that that is the least of them. Uh, Why? Because the province has decided that we're going to sell through provincially operated outlets. Mistake. Well, I agree. And, And the first mistake is that they're numbered 40. 
The whole province, 40. I mean, when they started selling booze in uh, supermarkets, which took, what, 50 years, uh, (laughs) we we had 100, 150 uh, supermarkets, and I couldn't find one. And I live in the Niagara Peninsula. I finally found one. There's one. And uh, maybe there's a second I haven't found. But uh, if if you're going to put 40 in the entire province, think about the province of Ontario. The province of Ontario is a place that's so big that if you and I got in airplanes that flew the same speed at the same altitude, and we left at the same time from Toronto Pearson Airport, and I flew north and you flew south, I would get off in Timmins when you got off in Orlando. That's how big this province is, and we get 40 stores. So the first issue is... uh, are we really going to have some great big lineups from people who want to try marijuana on July the 1st at, at 40 stores? I think not. I think that the black market is going to flourish. The Association of Police Chiefs has been speaking out against the whole thing because of the way that it's been organized, hasn't been organized properly. The pricing, forget about who gets how many pennies out of each dollar spent, is not competitive with what the black market is doing. And from what I've heard, and uh, and we, I did a... I guess a, a fill-in shift for, uh, was it Tasha or Kelly last week? One of them anyway. And uh, we did this subject. And one of the things that came back to us was uh, a lot of people calling, a lot of people calling, most of whom said, I'm quite prepared to continue buying from the guy oh, yeah. who gives it to my friend. Sure. Uh, as opposed to going to the store because it's pure and it's great and I trust it and it's less. Yeah, so, and, so I, I think we got. I get, we have to deal with that before we worry about whether the the cities get some of the seventy five cents. Yeah, I t- I totally agree with you, Peter. Because the bottom line is, if you've got someone you trust, you know the product. You know, you're not going to go for the diluted but, and, by the way, more expensive brand with the government. But I think it's a question of moving things. I agree. These deadlines are somewhat artificial. I think the government wants, you know, they want to stay by Because, like I said, you know, the, you can put it forward, but it's going to be a difficult process. The rollout, pro- no pun intended, the rollout is going to be very difficult. And I think they, there are going to be mistakes that are going to be made, and it's going to be a work in progress. I think we got to get. I think we have to get the the process moving along, and of course, there probably will be overlap between a period of time where marijuana is legal and people are still going through the black market. But hopefully, that will be curtailed, and things will eventually move to a more steady and consistent price point that's cheaper, and that there's more predictability and flexibility. I'm not an expert in this field, and like I said, I expect there'll be a lot of hiccups along the way. But we have to, you know, we just got to get the process going, and there still is time to make corrections and to keep working twenty four seven on it well you can go down to the y and learn how to roll a spliff <laughs> or whatever you know they give courses <laughs> come on guys you just go buy a little doohickey and it rolls it for you okay um all right let's talk a little bit about the story uh, out of queen's park uh, involving kathleen Wynne and patrick brown which is nothing more than a political stunt if you ask me but kathleen Wynne was asked today about this lawsuit that she has formally launched against patrick brown and she said today if patrick brown just apologized for what Everyone has acknowledged was an utter statement, an untrue statement. I'm always happy to debate the truth, and so it could be brought to a very expeditious end, she said. So she just wants him to get up to the mic and say, I'm sorry. Patrick Brown said, see in court. And Peter, you know politics better than anybody. Uh, The second he says he apologizes, this then becomes an attack ad. He's not going to hand that to her. Nonsense. 
Uh, sorry, Alex, nonsense. This this has been going on, and we've had lawsuits by one party against the other. In this particular parliament, too, over the course of the last couple of years, with Patrick and his people, or his people more particularly, and then with Hudak and his people, and uh, and Wynn before. And and uh, somebody always backs down. This is politics on exactly. both sides. This sure, is, it's nothing but politics. Sure, this is Wynn saying, I demand that you apologize uh, because she wants to get a win. No, no pun intended and he's saying i don't want to apologize because i don't want to be in that attack ad look it's as simple as doing a press conference on some other subject and absolutely undoubtedly uh, being asked about this and if not then plant a question and saying that she wants an apology i'm sorry that i said that she was a criminal um the, the, there are plenty of people who think whatever they think about kathleen Wynne, but i but i'm i uh, misspoke that's all he has to say i agree away and move on oh come on yeah, you, no. yeah but you know jeremy that some lawyer it will have but, to be a lawyer written apology that he has to but read he screwed very up he screwed up here i mean listen i am not going to discount for a second the politics of play here i mean for the premier it's a way of saying you see you know patrick brown's trying to put on a more moderate face but he says things that aren't true just like mm, somebody down south you know and they're gonna start and i've heard it from certain quarters you know that uh, patrick brown equals donald trump i think that's a superfluous <laughs> argument but they're gonna try oh, to make it patrick brown doesn't want to make it look like he's giving her a win but the bottom line is what he said is factually not true and when you say something that's demonstrably improvably false on air as he has and you don't retract it it is grounds pursuant to the libel and slanders act libel and slander act and like peter was saying he doesn't have to go in front of the cameras and say i did something so terrible and kathleen please accept my wholehearted apology he can they can write a without prejudice letter apologize and and if they expect you know and just Put it behind him, because for people that hate Kathleen Wynne, and there are many, uh, they will, you know, this won't sway them. But for people sitting on the fence, you know, saying yeah. maybe it's time for a change, yeah. this doesn't help him. I think this is just a headache. And if I were him, I'd make it go away and say, you know, I, you know, what I said wasn't true, but this government, you know, and then go back to your, you know, but the government and hammer them and put their feet to the fire. But never mind the politics. The law says that you can't, you can say something that hurts someone feeling if you can use the fair comment to defense, but that's not available. Yeah, but here, the law also said says wrong. you can take it into a court, and he's decided to go that route. And but look, is it worth it for him? I don't know. Uh, I guess just... we'll find out, because as long as he's talking about that, he, he can talk about Peter's corrupt... right. Right. No, I know he won't, but... <laughs> it's, uh... it's not going to court. Not only that, Alex, Everyone's you and playing, I both... You and I have been talking for years, mm-hmm. you know, in front of cameras and, and into microphones, and we've been saying the same thing. Politics in Ontario is one big pain in the butt. <laughs> and you know what? Because you, you, you can't, I can't tell you right now who's going to get elected. She's magic woman uh, in, in terms of her ability to pull rabbits out of a hat, so I'm not going to discount her. And Patrick Brown, he put out a platform. I read it. Eh, you know, so I, I can't get excited, and I'm a PC and going to vote for him. So, so I don't. I can't even tell you what's going to happen. This is just uh, an aberration, and it's uh, and it's uh, it's it's like a pimple. You know, I want to pop it. Yeah, go it's like away. That, it's like the pimple that doesn't go away for weeks right. and weeks and weeks and months, and then festers yeah, and, and that, turns into And that's it. why I think Patrick <laughs> should just make it go away. And like I said, you know, in the privacy of his own home or in the privacy of his lawyer's office, just write a letter and say, like, this is done. On to the next. Yep. Stay tuned. It ain't going away. All right, Peter. Thank you, sir. Jeremy, Pleasure. thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Happy Hanukkah, Taylor.